Welcome back into the Fantasy Sanctuary for another Best Ball episode. Joining me, Josh Selway of Fantasy Unleashed, one of the smartest and sharpest podcasts out there. If you want to find an edge in best ball drafts, you need to be listening to Fantasy Unleashed. It's incredible. The guys are both incredible friends of mine now. We're going to have a quick look at some best ball ADP similarities and differences between DraftKings and underdogs. But before we do that, I mean, Josh, you know, it's great to have you in the sanctuary. You're a man who, between you and your co-host, you've grinded ADP data for several years. You know, you guys have been doing this since it was draft. Do you ever feel like an angry old man who's now seeing all these kids playing on his lawn and you're like, I've been here all the time? No, no, not at all. We want more people to be playing best ball and it's still, uh, you know, it's still on the ascent here. So bring them all in. That's that's what we want. We want to grow the game. Yeah, 100%. Uh, so tell the people joining us a little bit about Fantasy Unleashed, how you guys ended up starting off and what it is that you feel like, you know, is the, if you had to give the elevator pitch of Fantasy Unleashed. Oh man, I don't have a good elevator pitch. It was just we used to just, you know, it was me, Rob, who we who uh, does base. He does all the ADP stuff. I just come over and ask him like, "What are we doing today?" He breaks it all down, and he makes me sound uh, smarter than I am. But we just used to talk fantasy. Me, him, and Beaver, who does UFC podcasts for us, and he'll do uh, more season long stuff, uh, you know, later in the year. But we just used to talk fantasy all the time. And then one day, Rob came over. He's like. Let's uh, let's do something with this. So that's, you know, short and sweet. That's how it started. And then, you know, kind of found uh, our little angle with ADP, I think, because we just used to do, you know, just enjoy doing best ball so much. And we both uh, he was he has a economic background. And actually, my uh, like first 10 years out of college, I worked in financial research. So we both kind of have like this market mindset and that carried over really well to uh, best ball. So. Yeah, I mean, I can't stress enough how much I think it's one of the smartest podcasts out there. Like, yeah, you're way... too kind, Tom. Come on, you give us way, <laughs> way too much credit. I appreciate that. Well, no, I was saying before we jumped on here, I think it's one of those which has become an essential listening for me because the way that you guys are able to surmise things from a global perspective of an entire summer and how things are happening within a week by week point and saying, okay, well, this is how we've seen things go over years before. So this is what we could possibly be learning. I think it's really great, and I don't think there's anything else out there. We are going to jump into a draft on DraftKings shortly, but before we do, we've got a few players that we're going to talk about, some players that stood out to Josh. You know, I sent him the DraftKings and Undertog ADP side-by-side side and told him to just pick a few players we wanted to talk to. And the first two you brought up were Dolan Kincaid and Gabe Davis. Their ADPs aren't massively different over on each side. Um, so what, what is it that... How are you feeling about these players? Yeah, so some of these you sent me that list, and then um, honestly, half like half of these are just a little bit selfish. I just want to talk uh, through these specific situations with you uh, because the the Buffalo one's really interesting. Uh, like you said, not a huge difference on these guys, but I think just putting in the context like where they're going, like Gabe Davis specifically, starting with him this off season, he was someone we kind of targeted because. Obviously, last offseason, it was, like, all about Gabe Davis. He was, like, the hot topic. And then coming in to this offseason, we started thinking, like, this would be a good, you know, buy post-hype or whatever, whatever you want to call it uh, situation. Because I still think with Gabe Davis, like, when we were doing pre-draft, uh, you know, underdog stuff, we were kind of expecting Buffalo to draft a receiver and in the first round and then Gabe Davis to slide. 
And we thought, okay, then we want some Gabe Davis. Cause the way I looked at Gabe Davis was like where he was going last year was just too high for the type of player he is. But I still think he has a rule, like a red zone rule, big play guy. So if we get like a dip closer to, you know, he probably will never reach those double digit rounds, but maybe, you know, late eighth, ninth round type area. I would, I would love to be getting Dave, Gabe Davis there, but instead Buffalo takes Dalton Kincaid, a tight end. And we really don't see like a big, big meaningful dip in Gabe Davis. Um, so I'm trying to flesh out like what to think here now. Now we have this like Hopkins, these Hopkins rumors coming in. So it's like, if that happens, then Gabe Davis is, he is going to slide. Right. I mean, I don't know how far he's going to go. Cause that's the other thing we'll touch on with a couple of these other guys. It's like the receivers on underdog. Like you'll see, there's this huge, uh, like cutoff and I don't see Gabe Davis like going below some of these guys. So I'm like trying to fill out, like feel out this Buffalo situation overall. Um, and I think it's like just a really good, uh, you know, like thought exercise here of where these guys should be going. Because for me personally, like Kincaid's going higher on, uh, DraftKings and on underdog, he's tight end 11 now. And I think I, I've taken him once in one of my drafts, stacking him with Josh Allen. But to me, that feels like too high, even if he's not like a typical tight end. Um, but like, I'm worried now if, you know, something happened with Hopkins, Gabe Davis could come in. So really, this is one of the situations I wanted to bounce back and forth with, uh, with you and talk through it a little bit more because, um, you know, there's a lot happening here. And I'm like huge on Damian Harris too. So if they bring in Hopkins and they're like investing more in the passing game, right. It's like, which one of these pieces, like, yeah, where definitely. I mean, and Hopkins can be, you know, that kind of quarterback's best friend. He's so good with his hands, but even if he's lost a little bit of his speed or ability to separate, that's not going to be an issue in the red zone. So I could definitely see Damian Harris's ceiling suffering if DeAndre Hopkins signed. I'm right there with you on Gabe Davis. I think, you know, that kind of post-hype player where people don't want to draft him. Sometimes in draft rooms, you see him just slide. And I think, you know, if we know what Gabe Davis is and we know that he's going to be this better and best ball type player who will have spike weeks, that's fine. I mean, you know, around this range last year, people were drafting Marquez Valdez-Scantling um, and we knew what he was really. So whilst he's tied to Josh Allen, I'm fine with it. Dalton Kincaid, he's tight end 11 on underdog, tight end 10 on DraftKings. I just can't get there on cost. I mean, I think I will have some exposure with Josh Allen stacks because, you know, once you start stacking, there's no reason to turn down a player. But only about 10% of rookie tight ends average over six half PPR points per game. And yeah, we want spike weeks. That's the name of the game in best ball, but it just feels too expensive. And there's so many paths to Dalton Kincaid failing. Edward in the chat says that Shakir's the right guy to be drafted and going to be the best value of all the bills. I definitely don't mind taking some Shakir lately. Um, we'll move on to the next one. So we've got David Montgomery who, you know, stayed within the division and moved across to, the Lions, exactly the same ADP on both sides. What are you thinking about him? Well, that's what stood out to me. I thought he would, you know, over on DraftKings, I thought he'd be going a little bit lower. So to me, this spoke to, um, this just reinforced my belief in him on underdog because he's already one of my favorite targets. And I say that with somewhat of a sigh because I've never 
ever been a David Montgomery guy like at all. Yeah, he is always injured. That's the thing. He's not the type of back that I never wanted to target. Takes a lot of contact, right? Like that's why he's always banged up. And I, I was always like, we, he's one of the guys we always argued about. Cause I was like, I just don't, I don't want him. And they're like, well, he's good. He's in a good situation. I'm like, I just don't want him. And now this year where he's going in drafts and to be able to get him, you know, as your RB, if you really want to stretch it, RB two or even RB three in that range, I think he's going like around too late. I think he should be up closer to like Pacheco cam Akers in that range. Uh, so I'm just, maybe I'm making a huge mistake and I should stay with like my original gut, but just, you know, in the ADP market, I, I like where Montgomery's going in these drafts, and I'm like targeting him where he's going. I think that if Jameer Gibbs hadn't been drafted with the 12th overall pick and he'd been drafted in the second round, mid second round or so, then I think David Montgomery would be going a round and a half higher. I think so much of what the arguments are being made are based around that kind of draft capital that Jameer Gibbs got. And the reality is that David Montgomery could easily have the biggest season this year. I mean, you know, Montgomery's the clear kind of replacement for Jamal Williams, <clears throat> who scored 17 touchdowns last year, rushed for over 1,000 yards. I mean, if you told me I could get that out of David Montgomery, I would be in. And I say this as somebody who's been out on David Montgomery every year, much you know, index of suspicion here, saying I'd rather win without Montgomery. That's where I, that's where I was last year and two years ago. I mean, I'm, I'm, I totally get it. He's very much the kind of player that it's it's all volume. There's no efficiency there. There's nothing that really makes Montgomery an interesting player to watch. Mm-hmm. But this offensive line in Detroit is really good, and yeah. it just feels like there is going to be opportunities there. And I'll definitely have some myself. Uh, we are going to move on to another player. But before we do, if you're here, hit that subscribe button. We're kind of Getting close to 750 subscribers now. We want to hit 1,000 before training camp. June is best ball month on the Fantasy Sanctuary. I have so many great guests lined up, streaming twice a week on Sunday nights and Wednesday, and you're not going to want to miss out. So we'll move on now to Mike Williams, going a bit higher on underdog, even though, you know, as we talked about, kind of those wide receivers they are just getting pushed all the way up on underdog, but it kind of makes more sense if his ADP was a bit higher on DraftKings, perhaps. Yeah, that's what when I was going through a list, it's hard to flesh out because again, for you know, just to tell the listeners, we talked about this before, but I can't play best ball on DraftKings because uh I can play DFS on DraftKings in Ohio, but for some reason I can't play best ball. So I'm like, I'm not sure like the total layout on DraftKings, but just going you know, down a list. I don't know, like, what's the wide receiver hype on underdog causing that, or if it's just a disparity in ADPs. But Mike Williams on DK, uh, I believe he's going like a full round behind uh, Keenan Allen. And this, just the Chargers as a whole, uh, this situation is one like I'm going back and forth on because on underdog specifically, I love where Herbert's going. I think that's like this year could be like the sweet spot because uh, he's kind of going like right behind fields in that fifth round. But then it's like, who are we pairing them with? Because when I first started doing drafts this year, it's like, oh, we're just we're kind of in on Mike Williams again. Like, does he deserve this after everything he showed us? Yeah, he showed flashes, but you know, what's his total upside? And then on underdog, it's tough. I would just go on the Keenan Allen, but obviously with half point PPR, you know, you'd rather be on the Keenan Allen sign over on DraftKings. So that's kind of like the dilemma. It's like 
it's an easy stack to get. A lot of people are getting that Mike Williams Herbert stack, which is which is totally fine. I've got mine. And like we always say, you never know how long the ADPs are going to align. So get the stacks while you can now. Um, but the Chargers overall, like I want to be in on the Chargers, but like I'm, I have a hard time when I look at the individual pieces, like I'm not totally committed to any which one, except maybe just Josh Palmer again in the, in the 18th <laughs> round. So like that's, this is one of those like Buffalo team situations that I'm, I'm still like fleshing out and trying to stay water, like stay very like follow the ADP and just kind of pick my spots uh, when I can. I think the biggest thing for Mike Williams this year is partly if he's healthy, there's rumors that, you know, he's still got back issues, but there's plenty of time left till the season. But the offense as a whole for the Chargers, like, you know, they moved on from offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi and placed him with Kellen Moore, who left the Cowboys after wanting to throw more. Herbert, he struggled through his rib injury. He had an average depth of target. It was like a career low of 6.4 yards per attempt. And Mike Williams saw his fewest deep targets since 2018, which was before Justin Herbert. So it's like the path to him succeeding for me is if the deep game gets going again. And it was that near line of scrimmage game that made Austin Eckler very productive. So if I'm betting on Mike Williams, which I have been doing, it's normally at the cost of Austin Eckler, who I've been avoiding got a couple more of these and then we'll jump in a draft uh elijah moore going ahead of on underdog by almost 20 spots is this one you're grabbing a lot of yeah this was that breaking point that i mentioned in adp and underdog like there's like elijah moore like rashad bateman's going a little bit earlier and then after that it gets into like juju um you know like jamison williams going right there uh alan lazard like just got you know there's like just just that taste difference in those names, like going from Elijah Moore to some of those guys below him. So I think just in that sense, I'm going to have more Elijah Moore. I'll probably be overweight. We've been talking about Cleveland all off season. I, I don't want to go crazy with the Cleveland stuff being from Northeast Ohio. Okay. It's like, it's a hard thing to explain, but it's, you want to get excited about the Browns, but it's still Cleveland. Okay. <laughs> I, I hope for the best, but it's still Cleveland. I I'm expecting the passing game to pick up but with Elijah Moore. I, I like him as a player. I like him as uh, where he's going in drafts. And like I said, it's like, once you get past that range, that's probably one of the reasons I'm going to have him. Not just that I believe in him as a player, but just after him, I think it looks like just a huge drop off uh, in receiver. Yeah, it's, it's kind of tricky with Elijah Moore because it feels like I mean, Pat Corain made this point recently that, you know, teams who give up on second round players after not very long, typically it's quite a difficult path back for them. So it feels like Elijah Moore is either going to be a complete value this season or he's just really not going to deliver and it yeah. doesn't feel like there's much in between there. The one quarterback you've got on this list, CJ Stroud, who over on underdog is going much later, almost undrafted compared to DraftKings where he's going higher. Obviously, DraftKings is 20 picks instead of only 18 on underdog. So it makes sense that people are building more three quarterback builds there and even four quarterback builds. I, f I feel sneaky good about CJ Stroud. I think this offensive line could be really good. I think, you know, you look at the wide receivers and they're not particularly great, but they're not. You know, it's, you can make an argument that they'll be serviceable, and Dalton Schultz is a good tight end when he's healthy. Yeah, my the thing I've been starting to think more about CJ Stroud when I was looking at like coaching changes and stuff. Um, I was just thinking about how 
you know, they're bringing over the passing game coordinator from the 49ers who might have some of that Shanahan type offense. And when I think about that, I just imagine, you know, George Kittle, IU uh, like deep across, you know, crossing patterns in like, well, that's where CJ Stroud like crushed at Ohio state. Like those are exact patterns. So what I'm starting to think maybe, and this is more of like, you know, galaxy brain type thought, but I could see us maybe a slow start as a rookie for Stroud, but then maybe once he starts to pick up on the offense, like you said, they could have above average, if not like, you know, pretty solid offensive line. And he's a guy that needs time to throw to get those routes open down the field. And if that is the case, I could see like later in the season, him start to develop and uh, he's got a big arm. If they can get a receiver to step up, you know, he could have a few big passing games, I think probably later in the season, once he starts to get familiar with that offense. Yeah, definitely. And it's just, it's an easy one to kind of backdoor stack now. It's like you look at your roster and it's like, okay, I don't have many much in the way of stacks. What can I do? And CJ Stroud's there, Nico Collins there. And, you know, you can even look deeper at guys like John Mechie and add them. So it's mm-hmm. definitely viable. Um, and then the last player before we jump in the draft here, we've got Brian Robinson, who again, I feel like he should be going higher on underdog because yes. the touchdowns are so much more important. Whereas on DraftKings, you kind of want your running backs to be having a bit more value in the passing game. And he had 214 touches last season and only nine of them were receptions. Yeah. He's not a guy like I want to go crazy about. And I've kind of already come like full circle with him because I thought actually I've heard some people like kind of describe him as a plotter and stuff. I actually thought just eye test. He looked pretty good last year. Um, And like where he's going underdog, he's also in that range that we talk a lot on the podcast about like, there's just all those running backs like P Ryan and guys in that range that you can fill in there. Um, so yeah, I was surprised to see the disparity there. Um, I feel like he should be going a little bit higher, but again, he's in that range. Like no one's going to go crazy about Brian Robinson. He needs touchdowns. How many touchdowns are the commanders going to score? You know, that's, that's really the issue with him, but I, I have a little too much of him this early. I need the, I definitely like don't want to be over crazy overexposed to him, but you know, he's in that range where you want to be grabbing running backs to me. Yeah, I think it's very easy when you're building kind of zero or hero running backs to kind of end up in a situation where that's where you want to be. So we are going to jump into a draft now. We're going to go into the DK $10 Millie Maker. Obviously, Josh, this is your first foray into it. We've only got three or 12 in there. So if you're in the chat and want to join in with us, jump in quickly. And is it... You play DFS on DraftKings, right? So it's not like this scoring system is completely unfamiliar to you, but you've yep. not played best ball with this, right? Nope, never. Uh, that's why I was pretty excited to do this because I'm actually also like taking a break now for probably a week or so on Underdog. So this is like coming at the perfect time where I can, uh, you know, still uh, still get some picks in here, uh, scratch that itch, and yeah. Uh, can't do best ball on or uh, DraftKings here, but yeah, I used to dabble in DFS, not very seriously, but enough to be familiar. The story of both our lives here: I can't play an underdog, you can't play on DraftKings, but we'll get by. You know, it's a big hot best ball summer. There's over thirty-five million dollars in tournament prize monies out there, so it could be a lot worse. So, there we go. We're filling up now. We've got nine of twelve. Oh wow! And influencer. There we go, yeah. Um, so in terms of this tournament, I mean, there's one million up top, which isn't as much as BBM, but there's 100K or more for finishing inside the top 10, 10K 
or more if you finish inside the top 100. But it is a 1,400-person final, which is definitely substantially more than the kind of 400 on underdog. With that in mind, I know that obviously, you know, okay, we're in now. Uh, with that in mind, like, do you feel like it's going to be stacks that are the key to this, or do you feel like it's week 17 correlation that's really going to propel you up the draft board in uh, those situations? Yeah, probably, uh, I guess, I guess the stacks, yeah, with 1,400 people. I mean, it's just tough to say in best ball. I mean, God, there's so much data now, like, just like go back and forth that uh, I try, I'm trying to make sure I get all the week 17 to a point where I can just do it on the fly. And I think, I'll, uh, well, I mean, we'll see here. We'll see if I can pass a, a test, but probably a combination of both the week 17 stuff to me is just like when it happens, it, it, you know, if it happens, but I'm not like going crazy with it. So, well, I do have the spike week add on, so we will have that loaded up in just a second oh, once it wakes up. So, yeah, you can see here. And if you've not watched the episode of Eric Buying for you, can go back. That was two weeks ago a day. We talked about spike weeks tools, how handy they were. But of course, DraftKings have built a draft board. Knowing that you were coming on tonight, Josh, we decided that they had to finally get their arse in gear and put an actual draft board on here. Thank you, DK. Yeah. So it's feeling much more like. DraftKings is in the right year for this. <laughs> We've got a couple of people in the cones. We've got Deft Angel, who's picking up a two spot, who's going to catch a stream later, very sharp guy. And, yeah, there's a few other names in here I recognize, people seen about in draft rooms. So it should be good. Uh, DraftKings does take a little while to get the drafts going at the minute. Um, so we're at pick 11 over on underdog and the drafts you've been doing, Josh, what, what kind of builds have you been finding yourself going like wide receiver, wide receiver earlier on or running back yeah. wide receiver? Yeah, usually lately it's been the wide receiver, wide receiver, you know, obviously like that, if you can do like CD, Almond Raw, speaking of the week 17, like that one's probably going to be pretty popular. Um, you know, like Eckler might be there before. Sometimes I do like an Eckler um, and whatever wide receiver kind of slips there. A lot of times it's CD. And the thing is, like the last um, like seven of eight or something like Manny, as I did, I was keeping track. I was on the turn like from 10 to 12. So if it's if it stacks up at all, I should have lots of experience here from this uh, from this position. So we've got Phil, who's picking a one, who took Justin Jefferson. Pretty normal in terms of one, two, Jefferson chase. I keep seeing McCaffrey slip a bit, but Cup ahead of him. That's why I'm taking Cup. I feel like Cup's a really safe bet to possibly be the wide receiver one overall. Again, we saw him last year. He was the wide receiver two in points per game, even despite all the mess that was going on with the Rams. And I feel like they'd have to be a disaster in order for them not to be good this year um but yeah i haven't actually had many late picks at all all mine have been in the range of kind of three through till eight recently so i'm looking forward to seeing what we can build here so let's see those running backs come off eckler and Bijan robinson with two away Diggs, aj brown cd lamb Devontae adams anyone in particular you'd like to go with the first pick like I said, I've been going, it's weird. Cause like, I'm trying not to be too high on Dallas. I thought it was me out on Dallas, but then I look at like, you know, I get to this point and I'm always wanting to take, uh, I'm always wanting to take CD. So uh, I don't, I don't know what that means. Um, 
let's go with CD because I have zero percent exposure land so far because I've been getting those kind of slightly earlier picks and mm-hmm. he just never falls to me on the way back. And I'm quite happy to take him here. Let's see what the turn gives us. But yeah, I'm I'm kind of happy either going with Saquon Barkley or just leaning into this and doing a wide receiver, wide receiver start to things. Uh, Anyone in particular, do you think we chase that color correlation with Amor Ross St. Brown if he comes back to us? I mean, if you want that, uh, like I said, I already have like five of those, but they could be, uh, you know, like, how much juicier does it get than that? I mean, that, that's pretty strong. I don't have a lot of Saquon, um, you know, so it'd probably be between Amon Ross and Saquon uh, for me. Let's, just... let's go with Amon Ross. Like, I think. In PPR, he's such a PPR monster, and with Jameson Williams being out, I think, like I say, I've not got that start yet, so I'm quite excited to get one of those. Um, we'll go back to the draft board. And, yeah, I do think that now that DraftKings has this draft board, it's really going to attract a lot more people in. We've got Chris in the chat, Fantasy Football Garage, does some great streaming of Underdog, really nice guy. It's time to get involved. You know, got all the DraftKings strategy you need. I've been putting threads out this week about some of the finalist data from last year. People say that DraftKings is soft, so come and take their money. I mean, we saw last year the team that won it all wasn't a particularly pretty one. When you contrast that with some of the teams that you see on underdog that go close but don't win it, it really does boggle the mind. But (laughs) if, if if you've got a favorite kind of, position to be starting from at, at this point in the draft. I know you said you've been getting a lot of late ones, really, but do you think yeah. that there's a particular place you want to be drafting or not? Yeah, I guess I'm kind of biased then because, like, I'm just – if I get, like, top five now, I'm just so thrilled because I went through such a bad stretch of 10, 11, 12. I'm like, it's, like, over it. But really, you know, just, like, getting those top four, I think, this year, um, you know, getting – to me, like, Jefferson and Chase – like those two or getting one of those is just like makes it such so much easier because you can kind of, you know, use them as your foundation at receiver and can maybe then stop at seven receivers if you want over on underdog. Um, so and then, you know, end of the second round, get like a Tony Pollard or one of those running backs that are there. And then you just you're kind of set up to have your uh, more flexibility throughout the draft. Um, so, you know, top three is just to me this year, like the, the middle picks are like all interchangeable, you know, Kelsey, if you want Kelsey, if you want uh, Tyreek, any of those guys, it's like taking where you want. When I first started doing manias, I was like taking Bijan every time, like five, five through eight, which I was just kind of doing that because I don't know, I was just having fun, but wouldn't advise that. No, no, I was very heavy on Bijan very early on, back when he was kind of going as the RB2. I was quite happy essentially taking him after the top three players, really, and I've kind of eased back now. But I will definitely be overweight on Bijan this year. In terms of the teams we've got, we've seen quarterbacks kind of drifting just a bit towards that third round. And Paul at the start, he's got Justin Jefferson, Lamar, and Mark Andrews. I love that start. We saw the Travis Kelsey owner take Josh Allen instead of Patrick Mahomes, which I like that. I think there's definitely an argument that, you know, you're getting something different if Patrick Mahomes doesn't put up a huge week in week 17 and Josh Allen does over mm-hmm. at the 12th pick, 
somebody took AJ Brown followed by Jalen Hurts, and I don't hate that at all. I think we are going to see less of that, and I think you guys made the point that we might see Jalen Hurts slip back to kind of align more with Devonta Smith uh, in yeah. ADP. We're coming up again, so and the wide receivers. It's kind of like running dry a bit, um, but we've obviously we've got about two wide receiver stars, CD Lamb and St. Brown. <clears throat> Do you find yourself taking any running backs here, or are you still kind of looking down for wide receiver stuff? So we've got DK, Ridley, Etienne, Harris, Joe Burrow, Debo, Jameer Gibbs, Keenan Allen, Amari Cooper. Yeah, I would say pretty big tear break there with DK and Ridley. Oh, who did he just go? DK oh, went so Ridley's at the top of our queue. We have well, the top of ADP. We could take him, and then it's Najee, Joe Burrow, Debo, Jameer Gibbs, Keenan Allen, Amari Cooper. Yeah, uh, I would definitely go Calvin if it was me. I like being overweight. Ridley this uh, this year um, his under his underdog ADP is going up a lot. I don't know what it's looking like on DK, so I have to monitor that, but. I'm a believer, you know, maybe slow start after not playing for so long, but I'm going to buy in on the talent. I'm going to buy in on the Jags, uh, at least for now. Yeah, I really like that. I'm I'm at 16% on Ridley of a minute, and I feel like, you know, he's definitely somebody that could easily go quite a bit up this off-season. I think there are people who will bang the drum for Kirk over him, and I, I don't hate that, but where the market is, I'm fine being at the market with it. So we're back on the clock, uh, on the corner there, Debo and Keenan Allen went. Do you feel like taking Joe Mixon and getting a running back or Jameer Gibbs that give us a bit more Week 17 correlation? Or is there anyone else standing out? You know, we could go TJ Hawkinson. We've got 10 uh, seconds. I'd be fine with Gibbs or uh, Mixon, either one. Let's go with Mixon. I'll push it towards Mixon because I haven't taken Mixon. I feel like his ADP is only going to rise. So, yeah, I've got a question in the chat. We've got how many wide receiver starts in DK? It is three as well as your flex. So we do really want to be quite heavy on wide receiver. Uh, if, if you've been following me on Twitter, you'll have seen some of the stuff I've been putting out about the DK finals this week. And over there, in terms of wide receivers, I think it was over 70% of teams in the final had eight or more wide receivers. So you do really need to build out a good wide receiver room. How many wide receivers do you typically want to take when you're on underdog drafts, Josh? Yeah, historically, I was always like extremely heavy wide receiver, extremely zero RB type when I, you know, like last year I'd go nine, 10 receivers. This year I'm not doing that as much. It's probably because you know, as we've seen, like receivers just continue to get pushed up. So if you do jump on them early, obviously, and commit that draft capital, you know, you don't really need to, you don't need to go to nine, in my opinion. A lot of my recent drafts, when I go wide receiver heavy to start, like the last one I did, like I had like DJ Moore's, you know, wide receiver three, and I had all the way up to like Bateman, uh, had like six wide receivers in the first 10 rounds or something. Then I only went to like seven, I think it was. So you know, obviously, it just depends on your draft capital that you're uh, putting into those positions. But if I like, I've seen people do like six. Sometimes, like crazy people do like five. And I just, I, I still, I can't get to that point, no matter how much capital I commit to the position. But you know, maybe I can still evolve. I don't know. No, I think that will makes a lot of sense. Uh, so we're seeing like more quarterbacks go off. We have Rich in the chat. Ask how we're. You know, how early would we have been looking to take them? 
this is kind of where it goes on DraftKings. You know, these guys go, and then there's really only Trevor Lawrence before it just drops until kind of like the Anthony Richardson, Sean Watson range. And I think with the start we've got, I'm kind of fine being on the other side of the quarterback thing. If Joe Burrow had slipped, you could make an argument to stack in with Joe Mixon, but it's not something I'm actively chasing. Um, but yeah, no real shock so far. I think the last time we streamed last week with Pat Corrine, we had somebody go double quarterback to start the draft and, uh, I've been seeing more of that on underdog. I've been seeing more people try to do that, double up with the elite quarterbacks. It's it's just so much capital invested, isn't it, for players who one of those is always going to be on your bench. And, you know, whereas you look at a two-wide receiver start for us, the vast majority of weeks they're going to be in our lineup and you're getting payoff for those. So we're kind of coming back up on our pick. Um, so we've got Kenneth Walker, Drake London, who I've been taking a lot of, J.K. Dobbins, and then Trevor Lawrence, who falls to us right about ADP, unless somebody takes him one pick ahead of us. Are you down for Lawrence, or do you want to push it around the corner and see if it's Jalen Hurts drafter or let him come back to us? Oh, gosh, because that's the problem is I really, really like Dobbins. Let's go Dobbins and then push Lawrence and see if he comes back to us. All right, all right, let's try it. Let's try. I have I have no J.K. Dobbins yet, and I feel like, you know, this is a contract year for him. He was pissed off last year. You know, it felt like even when he was getting back, Greg Roman went away from him a lot. Todd Munkin loves the screen game. He's going to see easily more targets than he's ever seen before. Gus Edwards seems to be slowing down a little bit towards the end of the year last year. And there we go. Trevor Lawrence yeah, comes back. Is that just a smash pick? <laughs> great call. Yep. That's perfect. Yeah. I love that. I, I mean, think, that's, you where, know, that's where, right where I, I would like love to be right there through uh, six rounds. I think it's great. And what we've kind of done is given ourselves like, you know, a jewel of running back star and they both have the potential to be, maybe Dobbins doesn't have three down potential, but, you know, the vast majority of touches in Baltimore. And that's, you know, the kind of thing that, if you didn't have the draft board on DraftKings, a lot of people that made those mistakes where they weren't doing stuff like that, pushing it around. But for the Jalen Hurts draft of air, if they'd taken Trevor Lawrence, it feels like it would have cost them a lot more than it would have cost us. Mm -hmm. Draft awareness. I'm glad you're paying attention, Tom. <laughs> so I'm good like to see the draft board over here. So. <laughs> David's saying that he's going to revoke my Ravens fandom after hearing my first Dobbin selection. Yeah, it's just... It's just never fallen to me so far. I think last year I had plenty of him and I definitely got burned by it, so I won't have as much as I did last year, but I'm definitely all aboard the Dobbins big contract year narration. Um, yeah, in terms of these teams that we've got, is there any that's standing out to you as particularly nice teams that you'd be looking to build or any that, you know, make you kind of wheeze a little bit? Well, I'm looking at, I noticed that we got a uh, Justin Fields. I have to like zoom in here to, to see. Here. We got a, I got a Justin Fields, uh, DJ Moore stack, so I can I can get down with that team, even though, uh, you know, they got Josh Jacobs, Brees Hall running backs. That's probably trying to judge where Brees Hall fits in here. Wow, man. We got third round Chubb over here. Oh, boy. That's, third round uh, Chubb. I mean, yeah, it, it, too early for us at the 2-2, but... If we'd been at the back end of round one, that would have been a smash pick, you know, because we're all oh, big fans of Nick Chubb in the den. I mean, really, like you just, the more you break it down, it's like, 
Josh Jacobs. Oh, we lose Tom. Am I live alone? Tom, your uh, garage Wi-Fi finally went out. There we go. When you get the draft screen back up, I just there we go. God, that was risky. That <laughs> that's the old uh, MacBook trackpad just accidentally swiped instead of moving my fingers across it. Yeah, they so, get a little too tricky with those. Yeah, <laughs> I just assumed that nobody got got weird whilst I was out of a room. So we're coming back up. So we've got you know we've got our three wide receivers, quarterback. Two running backs. We can kind of go wherever we want with this pick. James Conner at the top of the draft. I've taken a lot of him, but I, I don't know how, like, whether it's worth uh, Davis is in the chat. Back. He'd get too excited if we take James Conner here. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sitting at 26% exposure to James Conner, so I'm definitely not chasing it, but we are kind of sliding past his ADP of 74. There he goes ahead of us. So, in terms of wide receivers, we've got Brandon Cooks. Um, yeah, and then you're kind of getting down to Jahan Dotson, who I don't have much of. Do you like either of them, or do you want to take another running back and maybe build a very hyper-fragile team? I wouldn't mind uh, Dotson if, if you want to get a little Dotson here, because I like uh, – he's a good name to bring up because he's been someone that, like, I feel like he has sneaky, sneaky upside that, like, a lot of people might miss. Dotson is um, – I mean, he's a first-round pick kind of undersized but like even back to college all he's like ever done is just made plays whenever he's called upon he, he contested catches everything so I, I love getting some um some dots in so back on the clock so we've got quentin johnson or Dell beckham who i'm not taking to adp brandon oh, cooks we could build out that you know that correlation a little bit more or we could take dak and be done at quarterback 10 seconds I'm fine with Dak to do uh I don't know what the buys look like, but oh we're good. We're good. We're good. Right. Yeah, so that's I've been kind of chatting with you and the guys today talking about how more and more teams have went free quarterback last year, but the majority of two teams, DraftKings teams that made the finals were ones that took one around round six and one before round twelve and then left the position alone. So I'm Kind of happy with that as it is. You know, maybe we could look at Sam Howell later or something like that or Jared Goff if he fell past ADP. But really, it kind of works as it is. Um, I think we're looking all right. Uh, but, yeah, like I wouldn't have taken Dak in the seventh there because two picks of quarterback back-to-back, -back, it always just feels like so much of the board changes before you get another chance to pick up a player. Like, they could have been... A running back run or a tight end run and suddenly you're just chasing yourself um is that something you find yourself avoiding or do you are you all right if the players are the right players for it well taking the quarterbacks like back-to-back -back picks like that yeah well in this scenario like when it works out perfectly with the stacks i mean it it, it makes sense i mean dax someone like i said the cowboys i'm like i don't know that's another one of those teams i've gone back and forth because like i don't really want to be a mike mccarthy believer here um yeah, but at the same time it's like they have a lot of talent on that offense and you know you look at all the individual pieces it's like i i want to be in on all of them so i don't i don't know where that leaves us unless mike mccarthy can just totally ruin this great situation you know i'm kind of fine especially as you know it's kind of interesting because we start with cd in the first round so you could say it's our secondary stack but you know they're kind of they work in tandem here with uh, Jacksonville. 
So I, I kind of like how this team's set up. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a, it's a nice start so far. Before we get to our next pick, if you are here and you are not subscribed, I don't know what more I have to say to you. June is going to be huge for best ball. We'll be drafting on Sundays, we'll be drafting on Wednesdays. We've got some great guests coming up. We've got Pete Overzet coming on. We've got Sam Hoppen of 4 for 4. We've got James Brimacombe, the man himself, Eagles, the auto-robot drafter. He'll be talking to us about his high-volume approach and fading popular consensus opinions to gain an edge. So you're going to want to subscribe. Hit that notification bell as well so that when we go live, you always get an extra notification and you don't miss out. You can join in, jump in the drafts with us. Because who knows, I might accidentally just back out of a draft halfway through and you might get some plus EV out of that. It happens. <laughs> so we're coming up towards we're at pick 101 Odell Beckham's still sitting there at 93 we've got Cortland Sutton in terms of wide receivers who's at 99 Alan Lazard, Juju Smith-Schuster your boy Elijah Moore anybody standing out or would you reach further down or you know or do you want to look at running back where we've got like Antonio Gibson uh, you know it's Nobody, Rashad Penny, I've been taking quite a bit of. Yeah, tight I have a lot end. of Penny too. That's why I want to see tight end if we should consider a tight end or just so go this, uh, three late King tight Cade. ends on DraftKings is viable, like on underdog. Yeah, I think we can we can do three, but we possibly I'd rather take a wide receiver here to be honest. Um, I think is there anybody there that stands out for you? Odell Beckham, Cortland Sutton, I mean, if you want to take Sutton as like a maybe if maybe, and then see who's there at running backs. There's a few running backs I could dabble with, but Sutton's talent, I think, kind of stands out just if he's still got it. Yeah, let's take let's take Sutton, um, and then we'll see what's there at running back when it comes back around because in the last round, this guy just took Montgomery and Madison, so I feel like he's probably not going to double dip, which means there should still be at least one nice player that comes back to us. Uh, do, 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 do. So, yeah, so there's Zach Charbonnet, Rashad Penny, Antonio Gibson, Jamal Williams out of the top of them. Who's standing out to you? Charbonnet, I have like none of. I've been like waiting for a big dip on him if to try to get some. I don't know if you have, like, I don't think I've taken him once. I was he... at 11%, so nothing too crazy, but yeah, I've been taking a little bit. Yeah, if you want to take a piece there, or Gibson, I'm fine with, or even going down the Damian Harris. I mean, I I find reaching on him, any of those three. Let's go with, let's go with Zach Charbonnet. I feel like sometimes you know when, when doing these drafts with somebody else, and it's like, okay, there's somebody I've not taken before. It's always kind of yeah. nice to push yourself into a different build and kind of see how things turn out. And yeah, so through through ten rounds. We're at one, two, three, four, five wide receivers. We've got three running backs. So I feel like we could probably build this out to be like a five running back room. We don't really need to take anyone too urgently. But tight end's probably going to be a position, but when it comes back around with one of our next two picks, it might be nice to get a guy there. Um, who are your kind of like favorite tight ends in this range of the draft Uh you know, obviously we talked about Dalton Kincaid before and how neither of us are particularly in it cost. Yeah. Um, one guy, like another, it's kind of like Charbonnet. Like 
I'm not really targeting, but I have in the back of mind, if I get a big dip and that's Fryermuth, like I have no Fryermuth yet. So I'm like waiting on a big dip for him. Um, otherwise, I, uh, Chig is someone who like, he was fun to draft early in the off season, but the more like I kind of like thought about it, I'm just like, it, like you just look at your teams where you draft him versus you just wait until like literally the end and get a few of those guys. Like I just don't, just my gut is there's not a huge advantage drafting him over some of those other guys you can get later. So, I mean, we'll see you there when we come back around, but I've been mixing in some cool commit, you know, Higby's another guy, Laporta on underdog. I actually have the ADP latest ADP movements over here. I wanted to check on him because like I've gotten twice in a row, just huge uh, slides on him. Not exactly sure why, um, Laporte would be interesting for us because you can see here highlighted in green, he plays Denver in week 15 and then he plays Dallas in week 17, which give yeah. us a couple of nice little correlations. And again, that's one of those things where we're not suddenly just going to reach 20 picks on him, but if he comes back round, there's no reason not to take him at that point unless you have a strong player take against him. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm trying to see. Yeah, last seven days. No, he's basically stayed even. Just down a, a little bit over the last seven days. Not a big move, but yeah, I don't know. I guess just the lobbies I was in. I mean, I got them yeah. like like twenty some picks past ADP. I was like, okay, that works. So we've got a few teams that are looking nice here. Paul at pick one. You know, he started Justin Jefferson, Lamar, Mark Andrews. Got those five wide receivers before he gets to round ten, which is always good. And really, the only position that looks possibly weak would be running back with just Aaron Jones through the first eight. It's kind of like, you know, that late hero RB build, but I'm very down with that kind of build. I think, you know, at pick number two, again, another kind of hero RB build with Tony Pollard being the only hero. And then you've got Joe Burrow stacked with T Higgins and Jamar Chase. Like that's a real power stack. You, it's hard to feel bad about that kind of draft. Is that one? There's too many too many good teams in this uh, lobby. These all make a lot of sense. What I'm saying. <laughs> you just brought all the sharp people with you. Apparently, Pat Crane brought all the people who had to throw all their money away, but uh, you brought all the sharp people with you, Josh. Yeah, I didn't see how that. I watched like half your guys' video, and then I think my kid started uh, freaking out or something. I didn't get to finish. <laughs> see how your team turned out, but well, if it, it was quite right. a nice team. Yeah, we definitely looked into some kind of nice little correlations along the way, but. I think the team I drafted the week before with Eric was probably on paper the one which kind of felt stronger and more naturally. So we're one pick away here at tight end. Dalton Schultz is still there. Cole Komet's there. And Schultz has slipped about 13 picks past his ADP. Uh, in terms of a draft board, the team behind us is Dallas Goddard. So maybe tight end's not a priority with them, but we're on the clock now. Do you want to go with tight end or in terms of running back, there's Raheem Mostert, Tyler Algier, Roshan Johnson, Jalen Warren, but probably reaching a little bit to go with some of them. Jacob yeah. Myers, Rashi Rice. or Yeah, if you want to go with the tight end here, I'm fine with that. Just to you know get ahead of the position a little bit. Schultz is fine or any of those top three just to get get a guy. Yeah. And then um, the next one, if you at receiver – I was thinking, you know, here's here's week 17, but, uh, you know, Mingo, I saw Mingo on there, and that'd be Jacksonville if that's a guy uh, you'd yeah. be interested in there. No, I'm down with uh, Mingo. I've got 16% so far of him, and I think it's just very easy to imagine that by the time 
week 17 rolls around, Mingo's going to be playing a good role in that offense. So, uh, yeah, definitely. I've got him in the queue. In the chats, we've got Jalen Warren love. I mean, I have plenty of Jalen Warren. It felt like the first 10 drafts I did, I must have been taking him pretty much every time. Like, it's he's, just, I like him too, and I just can't. He's one of those guys I like continue to get sniped on uh, is Jalen Warren. So, Oh, and Mingo goes right before oh, heartbreak. us. Heartbreak. <laughs> so we've got KJ Osborne, Rashi Rice, Darnell Mooney, Sky Moore, uh, it's a tight end. We could double dip and take Cole Komet or running back Raheem Moster. We could go down too there. early for Warren. Let's take Warren because I'm down with that because now we're at four running backs and you know one more total. And I think that 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 room will be taken care of. I think it's very easy to see Jalen Warren's ADP going to rise a lot by the time that training camp comes around. If there's talk about it being a more timeshare than perhaps Najee Harris drafters would like it to be. Are you in on Harris this year? I I like like where he's going in drafts. The early drafts I was doing, I was getting him a little bit and I haven't touched him in a while. I don't I don't mind him. Um but yeah I just haven't I haven't landed on him a lot. Um you know usually like it's probably not if I'm going running backs probably a little bit earlier with like you know, maybe like an ETN or something or waiting till the end of that end of that fifth round, like that Dobbins, Aaron Jones type range. Um, I tend to go with those guys a little bit more. I'm not like totally against Najee. I think he's kind of like uh, maybe a little better, more volume, uh, like David Montgomery type, you know, like probably doesn't have a huge ceiling, but it, in these best ball drafts, I think he fi- uh, could fill a nice hole where he's going. Yeah, definitely. I think it's, like, it's tricky with the Steelers because – they were so bad on offense last year. You know, they scored so few touchdowns once Kenny Pickett came in. They have to score more touchdowns this year. But when I look at the running backs that we were faced with around that area, you know, we had Joe Mixon and then Jameer Gibbs. I just, I feel like I'm going to take them every time that I'm faced with Najee Harris. But if I could get Najee Harris sort of back 4A onwards, I'd probably be okay with that a bit more. I think that's much more where we end up seeing him slide in drafts where people are down on him. Um, yeah, so when it comes back to us, we're sitting with a two four five one build at the minute. So there's Sam Laporta there. Obviously, we could look at Greg Dulcich for a bit more. We've got this kind of Denver correlation without Russell Wilson, but, you know, we've got Corlett Sutton there. Um, but, yeah, I think Sam Laporta would probably be the pick for me. Is that who stands out to you, Josh? Yeah, for the the correlation, I'm laughing a little bit because it, this is so weird, and this is just how it kind of happens, and why you have to pay attention to exposures. Because right now, uh, on Underdog Dolshits is uh, my highest exposed player, and I'm like, oh, I don't really understand how that happened. He's just kind of like in the perfect range, I think, where like I want to take tight end. Um, so I'm not like crazy about him. I do, I do like him, um, but uh, yeah, I'm fine with the Porter for the uh, the correlation here. Yeah, Greg Dulcich is my highest rusted player as well. And again, it's, it's, yeah, oh, we've got 32% man. of him in this $10 millimaker. And it just, 
it just happens too easily. Like he just falls to you at a point where normally I'm like, well, <laughs> he can either be my Titan two or he can be my Titan three. And of yeah. course, Laporta goes before us along with Taysom Hill with a little tight end run. People reading us. Mm. So we've got 20 seconds here. Uh, in terms of running back, there's Devin Singletary, Tank Bigsby, wide receiver, Isaiah Hodgins, Jalen Hyatt, Van Jefferson, DJ Chark. Anybody stand out or should I just take Dulcich? Just take Greg. I mean, what are the chances that two Greg Dolchitz guys <laughs> right here drafting together? And uh, I guess, yeah, I guess we only need, I guess we only need one more running back. I mean, just Obviously, Bigsby or uh, Tank would uh, fit in with the Jacksonville stuff if we wanted it, or uh, you know we could just go. I'm a Jalen Hyatt guy. Uh, Van Jefferson be fine with him. Um, yeah, it was DJ Chark for correlation, but I'm not like that's not a player I'd really chase yeah. over it. We'll go Tank Bigsby. I'd be fine with that. Or Tyler Algier has kind of fallen past ADP a little bit. Um, yeah, well, I'll let you make this one as I kind of just chucked to <laughs> We've got 15 seconds. Um, well, then he took Tank. Oh, no, 30 seconds, sorry. He took Tank in front of us. Yep, so there's Algier, Singletary, Jeff Wilson, uh, wide receiver. We've got Jalen Hyatt, uh, Isaiah Hodgins. Let's go Hyatt. Let's go Hyatt. I'm going to leave my Hyatt mark on this team then. Yeah, I think that's a good shout. I, I don't hate that at all. And it feels like they play the Rams in week 17, which could be kind of game where the Rams have no defense and that's kind of team. Yeah, which... literally no defense. I don't know anyone on their defense anymore besides Aaron Donald. <laughs> that's the kind of opposition that the Giants need to be fancy friendly. Uh, so, yeah, we're kind of ticking over through 14 rounds here. With, with Underdog being 18 rounds, how often do you feel like you get to the end of the drafts and you're just like, there's still players who I really like? Because pretty soon we're going to be getting towards that point where an underdog draft would be wrapping up, but we'll still have a couple more picks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I will say I don't I don't miss doing all the uh, pre-draft 20-rounders. Like, we were hitting those pretty hard, and I was like, man, those extra two rounds, like, they, <laughs> they add up after a while. Uh, but, yeah, it is weird, like, lately uh, trying to, like, correlate and stuff more it is like those final you know when you get to 17 18 i'm like scrolling for both because it's like all these people are the same like and sometimes i'm taking two undrafted players at the end of drafts and which feels on the one hand you're like oh this isn't like you don't want to do that but is there really a difference between the guy you know 25 spots down versus the guy that's at the top of the page probably probably not half the time so yeah, it's it's like that's that's the area of the draft where you can get unique and you can get a bit weird, but it's also just where so many players just completely bust and give you absolutely nothing. So yep. I definitely understand that. Um, so in terms of the DraftKings and uh, the underdog contests that have been going, have you been maxing the poodles? Were they ones where it was just like, okay, these are no brainers because they're only twenty max? See, this is the this is the funny part is I, I just changed jobs a few weeks ago and I was telling Rob like I don't know how many drafts I'm gonna be able to do like what my strategy is like you know I I don't want to push it too hard not knowing exactly like what the income is gonna be like here and he's like yeah, well yeah. and he's like well you know underdogs gonna be doing more contests like hit these smaller ones and I'm like 
you know, I'm just going to do all manias instead and just basically skip the small ones. And he's like, well, that's the complete uh, opposite strategy of what you probably should be doing. I was like, yeah, I know. I know. But hey, I, I just, mean, that's, that's where the millions are, though, isn't it? So it it's is more tricky. fun. And plus, like, for me, it just kind of makes it easier. Like, just knowing, like, my exact exposure, team builds and everything are mostly, yeah. like, I'll mix in. I did, like, like two poodles or something, but it, it's just kind of an easier thing for me just knowing, like, one tournament, how I'm attacking it. It's absolutely, and you guys talked about it a couple of episodes ago, that bankroll management has never been more important, with really. I mean, you know, you looked at this year, and at the beginning of May, <clears throat> Underdog Drafters and DraftKings all had contests out. You know, DraftKings had like 10 contests going. Underdog are launching contests that they've never launched before. Drafters has the $3 contest as well as the $20 contest. And it could be very easy to kind of spunk your whole best ball budget before we even get to training camp when that's when typically things have been more plus EV to draft. Um, we're about to be back on the clock here. We've got a 2462 currently. So we probably do want one more running back. Uh, we could take Tajay Spears and have a really nice Houston, Seattle, Houston correlation. Or we could look at wide receiver. There's John Mechie towards the top of the queue. Tuba Hubbard a little bit further down, who I've been drafting a bit of. I quite like him. Any names standing out to you, Josh? Oh, gosh. Tom, I have so much Tuba Hubbard. We better be careful here, buddy. You're saying we're, we're too aligned on some weird names. You go ahead <laughs> You go ahead and take this one. Take this one. <laughs> well, well. Let's see. Unless there's anyone at tight end, we could take. I mean, if you want to take the Knox, the dip on Knox, and then come back with Chuba. Let's buy the buy the dip on Knox and see if Chuba makes it back around to us. So this team on the corner, they've got four running backs: Montgomery, Madison, Rashad Penny, and Bigsby. So if I was them, I'd probably be looking for a running back here before things kind of drop off. But let's see what we do. I feel like if I'm then of course yeah, all for dawson knox but that's okay i feel like it wasn't worth it you know i'd bang the table a little bit for tajay spears here okay let's see. go with that one i have i have zero uh i have zero spears so i'm down with that and it makes sense with charbonnet so when the schedule came out everybody was talking about how derrick henry gets to play the texans twice in week 17 uh, week 15 and then week 17 and how that should edge up his adp a little bit just because of how plus ev those fixtures can be you know he's ripped off multiple hundred yard games against them but i think it's very easy to write a story where derrick henry could a not be on the team or b they're just giving more touches to the rookie to see what they have in him as this rebuild continues. So I, I'm probably drafting a little too much Tajay Spears for a guy with no ACL, but I can't stop at the minute. Yeah, you got to live a little. ACLs, <laughs> they come and go. No biggie. <laughs> but yeah, and just getting back to our point, we've got Novo in the chat who's sort of talking about how bankroll management's really important. It just feels like Underdog's ability to roll out these quick contests like Pomeranian last year, the Poodle this year, the Puppies, and in so many different formats, you know, the Superflex ones, it's now's the right time of year if you haven't already thought about it to go, okay, well, what is my absolute maximum output? How much do I want to save? Because you've got to remember that come the last week or so before these drafts close, there's going to be overlay on some sites. And if you want to chase overlay where the guaranteed prize pool is going to filter down, 
it's well worth it. I know last year everybody got themselves all you know frothy about the idea of drafters being really heavy on overlay, but DraftKings for a twenty dollar millimaker had an awful lot of overlay as well. And I'm trying hard this year to just just hold maybe 10-20% back for that last week and really just go to town there. It is hard, you know, those Friday nights when you don't have anything to do and just kind of sitting there. Dang. Yeah. Well, last year I spent a good portion of draft season away from home, so it was very easy to get volume in towards the end of the season. This year I'll be at home, so I'm trying to work out how many drafts per day I'm going to need to do whilst uh, working from home over the summer to balance yeah. everything. And having a plan is definitely a good idea. We're so we've done a tight end. We've got three there. We could possibly take one more quarterback, but really, I mean, wide receiver stands out as something you know in terms of tight ends there's Hayden Hurst who not wanting to bang on about correlation but there's a reason to take him because he plays Atlanta Green Bay and then Jacksonville in week 17 but I've been taking a lot of him Isaiah Likely who's a little bit further down we've got Josh Downs wide receiver I haven't taken any Zach Ertz I assume you haven't either Josh like no no no, no not in the dusty players like that Darius Slayton, Josh, your boy Josh Palmer actually is uh, right towards the top. So, oh yeah, we got the he correlates with Greg. Week seventeen, I mean, that matchup if we want that. I'm all, all for Josh Palmer because I've got zero exposure to him, and I feel like you know that's yeah. a good one. Do you want to Palmer, take him here or push him around? Yeah, the that's fine. Palmer, Palmer's fine. He's Josh Palmer is someone I thought toward the end of last season. I thought he looked really good. Um, so I'm kind of just still nibbling here at the end of drafts. Um, yeah, I, I think Josh Palmer, we saw that he's never going to be like a real out and out wide receiver one, or maybe not even an out and out wide receiver two, but he's going to be good enough in a good offense, which we expect the Chargers to be to have good weeks. Uh, is there any other wide receivers towards the top here who take your fancy? We've got Darius Slayton, Marvin Jones, Alan Robinson, Tim Patrick, Devontae Parker, Nelson Aguilar, Cedric Tillman. Yeah, I've been kind of... Really Tim Patrick. Of... I mix in Tim Patrick every now and then on the off chance that, uh, you know, they would... Really what I would do is sometimes is take him and, like, Sutton in case they do move on from Sutton, and that kind of opens them both up a little bit. And that's Let's what we've got already, again. so... You know, that's what we've got, um, and it gives us either a bit of, you know, Broncos stack without Russ in case they move on from Jerry Judy. If he's the guy they move on from, then Tim Patrick and Colin Sutton could both be very good. I think, uh, you know, there's a more than zero chance that Russ Wilson is not starting in Week 17. And, you know, they paid a lot of money to the backup, whose name I've forgotten, Jared Sturdum. Yeah. Uh, but no, the, the Raiders could probably kind of wish that they still had right now. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> I think, mean, yeah, what Noble's kind of saying here in a 40 build, I quite like that. I think if you go in four tight end with your last four picks, then Ertz is the kind of guy that, yeah, perhaps when healthy, give you those kind of weeks. I mean, the Cardinals are going to have to pass the ball to somebody, and I don't like taking those kind of players where you're like somebody has to catch the ball in the single digit rounds, but when we get this late in, it's definitely a little easier to stomach those kind of arguments. You mentioned the Raiders there and how uh, obviously we got this news about Jimmy Garoppolo this week. And 
he's just kind of starting to tumble in some drafts. Uh, yeah. so I don't think he's been off the board here. Let's see. Yeah, so you can see already we're kind of 30 picks past his ADP and he's still on the board. It just feels like... I feel like things are going to be fine with Jimmy Garoppolo. The team would have surely been doing something if things were, you know, if they were skeptical that he was going to be I don't know, Tom. Don't give him too much credit. I'm telling you, don't give some of these people too much credit. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, probably. I think he'll he'll be there. Underdog past seven days, he's down 13 spots. So Okay. He's he's falling. He's falling. I I agree, though. I I think he'll be ready week one. But so, in terms of our build, we're at two, five, eight, three. I don't mind taking a quarterback here if we had to, but it wouldn't be somebody stacked. Um, so I'm not desperate on that. No, I mean you know you've got guys like Will Levis, Ryan Tannehill, Desmond Ritter, Mac Jones, Jimmy Garoppolo, as mentioned. In terms of the running backs, Michael Carter, Zach Evans, Abanikanda, Malik Davis. Daryl Henderson, who's a free agent. Ronald Jones, who's the backup in Dallas. It's not really very pretty. Uh, so, I mean, as much as you can make an argument to take another running back, wide receiver, it's a little more interesting. I mean, Xavier Hutchinson, who would correlate a bit more with Houston, or, you know, we can scroll down a bit further. Anybody who you'd like to bang the drum for? I wouldn't say bang the drum. I'm trying to think of the, the lightly tap the drum. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the the undrafted guys I mix in, like my Tua stuff. I Braxton Barrios has been kind of a not a brand guy. I shouldn't say that, but I always kind of make used to make jokes about him. But I will mix him with Tua stuff. He goes undrafted. Um, doesn't really fit here. You know, like Zach Evans at running back, uh LA's Kind of interesting once we get to this point. I mean, let's take Zach Evans uh, and see if uh, Berrios comes back, maybe. But Evans gives us a little more correlation. And yeah, I think he's somebody that could be interesting. Okay, so we're back on the clock pretty much straight away. Ryan Tannehill's yeah. there, Jimmy Garoppolo. Do you want to just take another wide receiver and then we'll be at yeah. 2693, which I quite like? Yeah. Uh, Berrios or any of these guys near the top? I'll take your pick. No one's no one's doing it for me here, whoever you want. Let's go. I'm going to go Deontay Harty. I think he's somebody that, you know, I know we talked about Khalil Shakir before we got drafting, um, but I think Deontay Harty, they went out and spent money on him. He's going to be on the active roster because he returns punts for Buffalo. So, you know, it could be that he's somebody that, this is as cheap as he gets in the draft season. I think maybe there's a chance for him to come back. So that's all our 20 picks. 2693. You know, you can see I'll bring up the Spike Week tools here where it shows our correlation. We've got Chargers at Denver, Cortland Sutton, Josh Palmer, Tim Patrick, Greg Dulcich, Detroit at Dallas with Dak, CD Lamb, Eamon Ra, Pittsburgh at Seattle, Zach Charbonnet, Jalen Warren. Tennessee at Houston, Tajay Spears, Dolan Schultz, and Rams Giants, Zach Evans, and Jalen Hyatt. So that feels pretty nice. How are you feeling about this team, Josh? I am very pleased with this team for doing it on a live stream like this. Um, you know, that that's actually a, a pretty solid team that makes a lot of sense. Um, very happy with that for sure. And especially like the running back room, you know, now looking back, 
going with like a mix and Dobbins who aren't like the most maybe exciting guys, but then coming back with the Charbonnet who, you know, if anything happens to Kenneth Walker or if he's just pretty good and it's like a 50, 50 type situation, getting him in the 10th to go with those guys. I kind of like that uh, combination together. And then the stacks, I mean, we got the stacks down with the correlation. So. Yeah. Just kind of, you know, we weren't reaching for anything in particular. Everything fell to us. We didn't chase correlation at the sake of giving up ADP. These are the kind of teams I like to build. I mean, you know, yes, if a third quarterback fell to us, I would have been happy taking one, you know, and then at tight end, it's not particularly glamorous, but I definitely don't hate it. In terms of other teams in here, got Phil at the one spot with his Justin Jefferson stacked with Kirk Cousins, Lamar stacked with Mark Andrews. I, I quite like that team. Of course, I've just left there. But yeah, it felt like the kind of draft where the room didn't throw us too many surprises. Good amount of people in the chat who were in there as well, who also drafted nice teams. Josh, Remind people where they can find your amazing podcast that I certainly can't get enough of. It's linked in the comments and description below. And if you're not subscribed to it already, check it out because you will want to go back for a second listen. Oh, I appreciate that. Fantasy Unleashed, no E before the D, as we always say, but Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. Um, you know, Fantasy Unleashed on Twitter. If you want on our Twitter account, uh, you can put like uh, notifications on for the fantasy unleashed Twitter account. Cause we don't tweet, a, uh, mostly just tweet out the podcast from that account. So we don't spam people with stuff. Um, so you can even put on notifications for every time a podcast uh, goes live. That's something that people told me they do. So you can do it that way if you'd like. Excellent. So everyone in the chat, Davis, Novo, Paul, Phil, Edward, really appreciate you being here. If you're not subscribed already hit the subscribe button, like see, June is best ball month in the Fantasy Sanctuary. We're going to be back next week with Sam Hoppen of 4 for 4. We're going to be talking about some of his ADP value stuff, and it's just going to keep on coming at you throughout this long, hot best ball summer.